As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Breaking news from The Athletic. Well, here we are again. What's up? Welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam John. It's been a long day. Nighttime edition. Mm Mm-hmm. But it happens I make big moves. I'm told we are live. We are live. Okay. I'll behave myself then. On YouTube. No, it's late. Oh, I don't Say have what to you want. Myself. You know what I forgot to do was I grabbed coffee. I didn't grab any like bourbon or anything, which we usually do at night. Yeah, that's true. So I should have done that. It's been a day. The Bears made another trade. You um, knew it was going to happen. That's why we specifically told each other. At the start of the Roquan Smith episode, to only talk about Roquan Smith. Yes. We had a regularly scheduled Tuesday morning pod this morning, and we said, whatever we do, only talk about Roquan Smith and this trade because we know something will happen. And if we need to, we'll jump back in and we want to make sure that that. So if you missed it, go back and listen to it. All about Roquan Smith, that trade. I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit and how it relates to this new trade that happened today because it's a different direction. Um, but this one will be mostly about Chase Claypool, new Bears wide receiver, help for Justin Fields, and what Bears general manager Ryan Poles had to say today at House Hall as he addressed the media following the trade deadline. Johnsy, your uh, initial reaction to a big trade that gets the Bears uh, a wide receiver that right away is easily the second best to Darnell Mooney. My initial reaction, Adam, was very similar to the Roquan Smith reaction. Like, holy shit, he did it. He actually, like, like he went out and did it. Like, we we knew he had, we knew the Bears had needs at wide receiver. Everybody knew that, right? But to actually use the leverage or, or the, the benefit of having that extra second-round pick gained by the Roquan Smith trade, I know he didn't trade that pick, but it helps to have that extra second-round pick if you need to use the other one to acquire Chase Claypool, which the Bears obviously did. I, I was, I don't want to say shocked because it, it is a need, and, and the Bears were were busy, uh, as we learned over the past couple days, but he's aggressive. He knows what he wants. He has a plan, and he's sticking to it. Yeah. Um, he's executing it, I should say. It, and, and I think... I think it's a. I know it seems weird, like at first glance, you're like, "Wait a minute!" They traded arguably their best player in Roquan Smith away because they're rebuilding. But then the next day, they're bringing in a wide receiver, like they're going for it. I mean, it's just it's kind of just reshuffling assets in what you need, right? Um, and. It, we, I mean, we could start with this. And I guess it has more to do with Roquan, but I just thought it was very evident. And Ryan Poles made it very clear today in a number of different ways when it came to Roquan Smith that they were so far apart, he did not think they were ever going to reach a deal. Yeah, I was there in the front row of the media room, and I was struck by whoa, whoa, how whoa, whoa, straightforward. Whoa, that's breaking news. That means you... Were you there early? <laughs> no. 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 Oh. Our friend, Herb Howard... <laughs> had sat down in the front row 
and he mistakenly put his notepad on the other chair next to him to his left. So everyone thought that middle chair in the middle of the Ryan Poles news conference was taken. Wow. It wasn't. So by the time I got there, there's an open seat in, in the front row, which, you know, there should be for a guy like me, but... So you were the center. You were the center. <laughs> I was the centerpiece, yes. Anyway, back to, to the real point here. I was struck by how straightforward he was about everything. How this goes back to the Bears' best offer, their opinion, their best offer for Roquan Smith, how Roquan Smith didn't like that best offer, and just the, the tone, the mood from those negotiations, like the things that Roquan Smith said at the time, how they did linger, and how he had serious doubts about whether or not a long-term deal could be secured with Roquan Smith. He didn't believe it could. So he had to act on the future. He couldn't turn down the second and the fifth in the veteran linebacker from the Ravens. Yeah, it, it, and he explained it pretty well. It's like you you do what you can, you get to the point you think you can, and then when when there's just it's either keep them and hope for the best or get what you can for them is pretty sound explanation. Pretty understandable explanation. Does it suck that the Bears are losing such a good player in defense? Yeah, but I also think without... Even sometimes he was actually saying it directly, and other times sort of you had to read between the lines, but yeah, the scheme and the performance within this scheme this season also had something to do with it, wouldn't you say? Well, if he was having an outstanding season and the Bears' defense wasn't as bad as it was against Dallas and Minnesota... Well, yeah. Yeah. Changes a few things. I would think so, but maybe they don't. Truthfully, I guess we'll never know, to be honest with you. Well, in comes Chase Claypool to give the Bears some help. We'll talk about the compensation here in a little bit, but what you need to know about Chase Claypool is he was he was somebody we talked about a lot back in 2020 in the draft. Him and Cole Komet were projected second rounders. The Bears had two second round picks. They went with Cole Komet. Claypool got drafted one pick ahead of where the Bears were at number 50, where they drafted Jalen Johnson. And now a couple of years later, they are able to acquire him. As a rookie, Claypool put up 62 catches, 873 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. Second year, the catches, yards, pretty much identical. Targets, almost across the board, everything identical except for the touchdowns dropped down to two. Um, yards per target, about the same. Catch percentage, about the same. Really very consistent stats over his first two seasons. Not numbers that put you in the upper echelon of wide receivers that would command like a first-round pick or anything. We're talking about around 60 catches. Actually, where Cole Komet was last year. Um, this year, through eight games, about half the season, he is at uh, 311 yards. Catches, he's on pace to be about the same. Yards are down. Yards per reception down. Touchdowns, only one. I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback play. How different the offense is uh, this year with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, I think you can blame a lot of that on. But uh, he's still only 24 years old. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. <laughs> wow, that's some fast work. Is that from this morning? That's Bob Dabrowski from from this morning. Um, yeah, the voicemails. If you want to go back and listen to them, they're they're there. I like the idea of. Well, now you got them for one and a half years, right? I I, I get the the point that. Eventually, down the road, you're going to have to re-sign him. But my counter to that is, okay, that's fine, because now you're allocating resources to the offensive side of the ball. Like, that's a premier position. As important as weak side linebacker is to Matt Eberflus's defense, it's still just a weak side linebacker. I don't mean to discredit it, but if you're tiering positions, wide receiver and every team's board has greater importance or should have greater importance than your weak side linebacker. So if you're going to allocate significant funds, money, salary, contract resources, I'd rather go with the wide receiver who's 6'4", 230-some pounds, can go up and get it, is a mismatch problem for most defensive backs, has the type of ability to 
make plays for your quarterback, which we have just talked about, I feel like, in, in various conversations recently after what happened against the Dallas Cowboys. So <laughs> I like the move. I mean, I know he's not a number one. I, I literally wrote about that a couple days ago. But he, he has the potential still, I think, to, to be a number one, at least for the Bears in this situation, with Darnell Mooney currently as their number one receiver. Yeah, I also think we get kind of caught up in that a little bit too much. I know, it's overblown. Like, I get that point. You, you know, I do think what what's more important to me is that you have three or four really good wide receivers that all do something a little bit different. Okay? And I, and now I think the Bears have two that are they're not number ones probably, but they're both good and they 1B? both they both do different things. Yeah. I, two? I, How about just two twos? I'll take two twos. Well, look, another person who I would think is very happy right now. Good job by Equinemia St. John. He's going to get the block. Not St. John. Uh, is Darnell Mooney. Don't you think Darnell Mooney's happy right now? Yes. Thank God. Another receiver that can command some attention and unlock... What I mean, let's be honest. It's 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 been a it's been a tough season for Darnell Mooney, and yet there's glimpses of him. You know, you, yeah, you'd like him to catch the ball at the end of the game to win against Washington. If he doesn't double catch it or bobble it, it's a touchdown. They win, but you know he's still clearly their best receiver, and he needs help. He needs help. Justin Fields needs help. Chase Claypool gives you that. Chase cool. Chase Claypool. Claypool. Chase Claypool could do more. I like better. Claypool. Claypool, Chase Claypool could do more better than the other guys the Bears have right now. Can we put it that way? He gives you more. He gives you a little bit of everything. Does he not? Yeah. He's physical. He could be a blocker for you. So if you want to like find mismatches over the middle, he could do some of that. But we've seen him stretch the field down the sideline, going up and get it. He gives you more than the current receivers beyond Darnell Mooney. He gives you something different than Darnell Mooney, too. It gives you a variety of things on the field. Let's also talk about the compensation. You know, I can see how some are arguing it's high. Um, I think when you add in the context, and it was reported by Tom Silverstein, does a great job covering the Packers in Milwaukee, that the Packers offered a second-round pick. They were in on Claypool. They offered a second-round pick. So, really, what the Bears had to offer was to beat that, either they go first round, which would have been crazy, or they have two picks. When this trade initially happened, Johns, I was like, it's got to be the Ravens pick, the pick they got from Baltimore yesterday. Because we know that that's going to be farther down than, than the Bears pick. And then we find out, no, it's the Bears pick. Well, the Packers pick's probably going to be in the middle of those two, if you're projecting it right now. It, <laughs> Not if they're playing it th- this way at this rate. Uh, they good, look pretty awful. I mean, I, I know they do, and they don't have Claypool now, but uh, let's be honest. So the Bears defense is going to be a rough watch the well, rest bad, of the season. Bad. Well, you know, the backers have the same record, too. I know. I'm not getting carried away at that point, but... But if you had there... to pick between the two in your, in your Pittsburgh, and you got... I mean... What you, I mean, I guess you go Robert Quinn and flip a coin, but I, I could see yeah. I could see why they went with the Bears. My my projection is that it's only like one or two spots better than the Bears. Maybe, so the but Bears, if that's the, the case, the Bears then, slotting, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's what you want. But I don't and, think and more more better. so, I was throwing it out there from Ryan Poles's, you know, perspective. Yes. Not only okay. It's the market. That was the market. Right. Second the market, round and that's what I always say. How many times do I say this? Like the market's the market. The mar- the market is what we can we can have all these conversations about what the market might be. What the market actually is is who's calling who this morning and who's actually offering what. That's the market. And so if the Packers are in line one saying, We're offering you our second round pick. And the Bears are in line two, and they have two different picks. And you're telling, and, and they're over there in Pittsburgh saying, "Hey, yo, Ryan Poles, if, if we're making this deal, you got to give us your pick, not the Ravens' pick. If you're willing to do it, it's a done deal. Otherwise, 
Chase Claypool's going to your rival in your division, and he's going to be there for at least a couple of years. Up to you. Well, then it's a no-brainer if you're Ryan yeah. Poles. Yeah. Yep. I also like that part of this conversation, and Ryan Poles acknowledges much, is that he kind of forecasted what 2023 holds in terms of free agent receivers and how Chase Claypool, given his youth, his current experience level, what he could do for the Bears even this season in 2022, why that's more important or why that's a better situation, a better play for him than jumping into the free agency market and overpaying for guys who <laughs> are less receivers than Chase Claypool. I can't say his name. Chase Claypool. It's a tough one. I, I well, I and and he admitted that that was a factor. It absolutely, yes, should that's be. That's what he said. Acknowledged it. Yeah. A, a factor, and you know, another thing is just when it comes to the draft. Like, let's say they don't do this trade. Bears have two second round picks. What are we talking about all offseason? Which wide receiver are they going to draft with one one of their first three picks? Is it going to be in the first round? Is it going to be one of the two second rounders they have? Which wide receiver is it? Right, and so if you're going to use a like, let's just let's just even hypothetically narrow it down to this pick that they traded away. Let's say they use that pick on a wide receiver next April. Okay, first and foremost, the most obvious thing is that that wide receiver they drafted did not help the quarterback this year for these final nine games. Which, wasn't which there to help. the Bears want to see. Right. So he you're already losing that. Then he's a rookie. An unknown. You don't really know what you're going to get. You projected him. You like him. Obviously, you drafted him, but you don't really know. And on top of that, rookie wide receivers almost always take a year. Not always, but frequently, at least halfway through the first year before they can really be relied on to run every route properly do everything like Darnell Mooney was really an exception to that rule and how much they were able to trust him right away when he came in. So I'm not saying it can't be done, but instead you're using that pick on a wide receiver who has already been in the league. You know what he is. Ryan Poles thinks he has untapped potential. Justin Fields is probably going to be the best quarterback he's played with. And before you yell at me for saying that, Ben Roethlisberger in 2020 and 2021 is not Ben Roethlisberger of 10 years ago. No, no. Okay. It's the, it's that guy with all the bandages on the ice who hits the medicine balls away. That's right. the Ben Roethlisberger he played with. So Can I, it, all, all I'm trying to say is there's a chance that Claypool in this offense with Fields actually gets better. Should at least I, be better than he's been in the first eight games of this season with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. So you're, you're kind of getting... The way I look at it is you're kind of getting an, an advance... On this second round pick in the spring, while he's 24 years old, and yes, you're losing contract years because he's only got a year and a half left, but if you end up re-signing him, then who cares? You get him in his prime. Yeah, and that's not to say you can't use the draft to add to later. You just don't feel compelled or pressed to to overpick, to force that need up your, your draft board to make that receiver selection earlier, right? You just don't want to force the pick. That's what all GMs... Don't want to do it, right? You you want to play your board. So let me read you something real quick. I had reached out to Dane Brugler, the author of The Beast, friend of the show, the NFL's draft analyst, the NFL, the athletics NFL draft analyst, um, for his way too early, but you know what good, uh, his draft, his, yeah, there it is, The Beast, his evaluation of the draft class at, of receivers in 2023. And this is what he wrote me. We have had five-plus receivers drafted in the first round in each of the last three years, but that streak likely ends this year. And we don't have a wide receiver prospect in this class who was a no-doubt top-ten pick, but there are still quality receiving prospects in this class. He names five of them. I'm kind of making a tease here. You can read this in my column tomorrow on The Athletic. But he seems to suggest that there's some projection there's some bust potential. There are more intriguing day two options. So if you're the Bears, you certainly have some draft information. You certainly have some 2023 free agency information or at least some forecasting done. Makes more sense to, to be aggressive and active in this trade market, to grab a guy who's young, who could play for Justin Fields this year, 
and then take that next step with Justin Fields next year when you want to take that entire step as a team. And I don't think there's any doubt that that's what increased the market for Chase Claypool, right? You know, I think if this is a different year, a different time, I'm not sure he commands a second-round pick, but it's the reality of what's what's coming up. And I I think we talked about this this morning or on some past podcasts. It's just, it's great that the Bears have draft capital and have cap space, but you can't just spend it to spend it. You got to spend it on players that matter. So if you don't think you're going to get the the same value in the draft with the wide receivers, with the, with the picks you have, or in free agency with the, cap space slash money you have then you got to strike when you can so that's where the timing of this comes in i know it seems weird but i do really really like you always overpay in free agency and even with all that cap space you know ryan poles doesn't want to do that what did i say this morning ryan poles does not strike me as a guy who's going to try to jaguars his way out of this mess Buy his way out of this mess, acting like the Jaguars. I, I like mess. how you did that, though. He's not going to jag his way out. <laughs> you heard what you wanted to hear there, my friend, but that's the point. Yeah, but I'm going to use that for now on. You can't jag your way out. Yeah, well, that could yeah. be a you know, pretty you know, <laughs> description of how the Jaguars are trying to run their operation down there, especially after Urban Meyer. But the, the point is you always overpay in free agency, it doesn't work. You can't buy your way out of trouble. If you see a guy who is better than the than the future class of free agents, make your move. Make your move. And, and I, I like this point too. This was my question to polls today. Does this trade come about without the Roquan Smith deal? And he described them as two different things. Like he was already pursuing potential receivers minus the extra compensation that he gained from Roquan Smith. I like that. That's that's if if anything that's another sign of of his belief in Justin Fields, which finally settles the question whether or not he truly believes in Justin Fields. He just traded the second round pick for Chase Claypool. There is some belief, and I bet it's pretty strong in Justin Fields from Ryan Poles. One, I'm not sure I completely buy that. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a percentage chance that Poles would have still traded for Claypool without acquiring another second-round pick. Sure. Was he considering it? I'm sure. I do think it made it easier. It helped, yes. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not Definitely saying made that. it yeah, easier, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what, I so, was at, what, what I wanted to know is whether or not the, the two were linked. Yeah. Like, like it one depended totally on the other. Right. Yeah. The other thing is I would love to know, and, and I'd love to know if, like, let's say the trade deadline was the morning after the Commander's game. Would he make the Claypool trade? Like, in, in other words, what I'm getting at is how much did Justin Fields looking like the man the last two weeks help pull the trigger yeah. on getting him help now? I'm sure. I'm sure. That's why it's good the trade deadline is eight games into a season. Yeah. After their mini-buy, that helped too. Can I just say, how fun was the trade deadline today? 20 players. I mean, it's just, I love that it's an event. I don't love that it's now a day I have to X out on my calendar. You know, five years ago, we didn't have to, who, I didn't even know when the trade deadline was. We ignored it. It was like, okay, I don't have to reschedule kids' events or you know, find someone to cover for me. You know, this is the result of the Rams winning the Super Bowl and having no care in the world for their first round picks. Yeah. Make some moves, find veteran players, find guys that fit your system, guys that are actually proven NFL talents. It's a good, it's good for the league, especially in the, it's not even just the amount of trades. It's it's big names. Names? Calvin Ridley, another receiver. Well, now that's an interesting comp because he went for a fifth-round pick and a seventh or something. Fifth and a seventh. Calvin Ridley at his height 
is better than Chase Claypool. But you don't get him right away. So would you rather made that trade or fifth and seventh, but you don't get him until next year? Or do you do this? I mean, that that that's one that's that one I found actually interesting. Well, I think you want to help Justin Fields in some capacity this year. I I agree. You want to continue to help his confidence. You want to give him receivers that could make those contested catches down the field that haven't been there. Like those aren't part of the Bears' offense. They don't exist. But Cole Clement's got one. It's the only one I can think about. Kent said it was a fifth and a conditional fourth. Okay, that's different. And I believe that conditional fourth might go all the way up to a two, by the way. Oh. If I read that right from Adam Schefter, now that I'm reminded of it. Okay, well, then that could potentially be more. I'm sure that has something to do with production next year. I believe it turns into a second if he's re-signed by Uh, the Jaguars. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, that's it. Interesting condition. Okay. Well, um, how about the moves that were not made? Were you surprised given that Roquan Smith was moved? That's a big trade that you didn't see a David Montgomery and Eddie Jackson moved. I wasn't surprised. Well, I've been very surprised. Let's, Let's be honest. We're learning more about Ryan Poles every single day with every bold move that he makes. We are. Are we not? I think everyone should admit to having a bit of of a surprise about how things have unfolded here. Like Robert Quinn, it, it's one thing. But Roquan Smith, then acquiring a receiver with the caliber and the talent of, of Chase Claypool, that, that's something. It says something about how Ryan Poles wants to operate, so we're all learning something. That said, like there's just too many nice things said about Eddie Jackson and David Montgomery in, in like recent days by Matt Eberflus to think that something big was coming for them. But could have happened, I guess. Yeah, it would be the probably the first time a guy's been named a permanent captain on a Friday and then traded by Tuesday. But you know, and, and I, I still I still like the idea of of potentially retaining David Montgomery for one or two more years after this year. I, I do really too. Do. I, I I do too, and I I uh, I've been done way too much podcasting today to remember which show I said this on. Did I make this point earlier about Montgomery and all the first downs he's gotten? With you? He's a bunch. No. Well, I, my, I my point that. is just if you watch the tape. Wait, wait. Montgomery or Armstrong? Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Armstrong. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. If you missed it, Colin Coward <laughs> went on this rant supporting the Chase Claypool trade. Loved it. Loves the weapons the Bears have. They have Claypool now. They have Mooney. They have Cole Komet. They have Khalil Herbert and Armstrong. <laughs> Don't forget uh, about he, Armstrong. He, he meant Montgomery. I, I yeah. get they're they're like common names, but <laughs> I think that was great. Are. That legitimately that legitimately made me laugh. I loved it. Um, what I was what I was going to say is like you just think about over the course of the season, how many f- times David Montgomery has moved the chains for you. I'm talking about him getting extra yards, getting past that first down marker, or getting you back on schedule when you've fallen behind the chains, whether it's with the screen or big run. They've run a lot of draws and deep yardage situations, and those have been Montgomery runs. And just think about, I, I, I you know, I don't have time today to go back and look. I, I bet you that's happened over 10 times this season. So think about those drives where that's happened and not having that going forward the rest of the season. I, I would argue that that would hurt losing that would hurt you as much as Claypool helps you the rest of the season. Yeah. I think if you're going full steam ahead with trying to develop just fields as much as possible this season, you keep David Montgomery. Unless someone offers you a third or a low two or something like that, that's pretty ridiculous. Some team getting desperate, some on the bubble team that's desperate. I don't know. Then maybe you change your thinking, but David Montgomery provides a lot to your team right now. He helps Justin Fields. He's great in pass protection when he's in those situations. He's a better pass catcher than Khalil Herbert right now. He really is. Just look at the stats. The yards say it all, really. Still an important part of this offense. Yeah, he really is. So I, 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 
Still, though, if someone's going to swoop in and offer you a lot for a running back, you, you take – I still think there's common – I feel like the common ground that wasn't there with Roquan Smith could be found with David Montgomery. Is that fair? Well, number one, he has an agent. Yeah. That Ryan was Poles a, again said today that hurt the process. Yeah. he's. I think his direct quote was that made it harder. Yeah. No question. Times 10. I'm wondering if deep down Roquan Smith is happy that he got traded. First of all, he's going to a good place. He's going to a good defense. I think he'll be a good fit there, but I... I'm not completely convinced. Like, his trade request didn't wasn't convincing. Is that fair? What do you it's, mean? It's well, it came off like a negotiating ploy and not truly an "I want to get out of here" request, right? Well, it did because we we've seen that you know throughout the history of the NFL, but. But if I, you're going to demand a trade and be like and be truly upset and demand a trade, you don't be you don't also throw in there, hey, maybe the owners can fix this. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that point. Yes, but still a trade request at the end of the day, and I do think at some point, obviously, didn't like the Bears' offer or the best offer the Bears could do. Maybe he thinks the Ravens can provide it. You know, the funny thing is, I don't think they. <laughs> I don't know if they will. Well, then I have my doubts. And and what's interesting about that is they're not necessarily in the greatest position to franchise tag him. Yeah, they have I, Lamar Jackson to deal yeah, with. Yeah, they have to worry about their quarterback first. And I believe he is also with out an agent. That's true. Yeah, they are. They're both agentless. And um, good luck there, Baltimore. <laughs> good luck. It's complicated. But you know, Baltimore is one of those deci- like one of those organizations where their decisions are just. They seem to be more right than wrong, right? Like the Patriots, more right than wrong. Like organizations when you trade with, like the Steelers too. Like you yeah. trade with them, you you wonder what they know about certain players and why they're parting with them. But you know, the Steelers did sign Mitch Trubisky, so no one's no one's perfect. It's just it is what it is. I like the fit of Chase Claypool in this offense. What it could mean for Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields, I really do. I can't wait to see what it looks like, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's a lot to ask to get him up to speed and, you know, making an impact by this Sunday against the Dolphins. But I think there's some I think there's some place. I mean, let's be honest. Claypool's strength is just go get ball in air. <laughs> and 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 I think you can you can work that into the game plan. If nothing else, maybe it can open up an opportunity for Darnell Look, Mooney to get open downfield. We've been very high on Luke Getzey over the past few weeks, have we not? Yes. If, I think I have been all season, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. You've been consistent with him. I think I have been too. We, we've seen the glimpses of the play calling. We've seen the open shots. You've just seen the lack of execution by the players, but that's improving. I like the added runs, the added design runs from Getzey for for Justin Fields. It's they flirted with 400 yards of total offense in the past three weeks. Like they're moving the ball. They scored against the Cowboys. There's a lot of things to like about Luke, what Luke Getzey is doing right now. I think he's got to be excited over the moon right now about what Chase Claypool can add to his offense. He can find ways to quickly get him involved this week. If if, if Christian McCaffrey could show up, like what? On a Saturday, in play, running back, and then I'm by sure the way, a week a later, look like <laughs> one of the, one of the best players in the league again. Yeah, like throw a touchdown, run for a touchdown, and catch a touchdown. Ugh. It's a weird comparison to make different positions. I get it, but I'm sure you can find some some concepts, some calls, some designs. I'm sure you could scheme Chase Claypool open, without a doubt. It makes things fun. I think so. And then you, know, you could scheme Darnell Mooney open more over the middle as a slot. Just saying. Right. Right. Yeah. I I agree. I think it's gonna have. You could put I, both of them in the slot if you want to play bully ball the way the Bears want to run the ball. I mean, just look at what I was saying the other day, John. Like, Fields has made these leaps the last couple of weeks with, without 
consistent offensive line play without wide receiver. I mean, he could have easily been over 220 yards passing the other day had two passes just been caught. Yeah. That weren't. You know what I mean? Like he needs some help. Now he and we all know he's a good deep ball thrower. That's his strength. And they haven't been able to get enough of that because they don't have the guys to go get the ball. I'm intrigued to see how I'm I'm definitely more excited about the remaining nine games than it was uh this time or even this morning when we recorded that bye bye Roquan Smith podcast. Yeah, yeah. I felt like yesterday, but that was this morning, was it not? I love this scout description from Ryan Poles today. Chase Claypool is violent with the ball in his hands. Would seem to fit the identity that Luke Getze completely wants for his offense. Yeah. There's a lot of violence when they get going. Yeah. I mean, Cole Komet's that way, for sure. Tevin Jenkins is that way. Dave Montgomery runs oh, he's violent. every carry that way. Oh, man, that fumble the other day. Why are you getting stuck in that all of a sudden? Because it was just so unlike him. And and I kind of, I think I had so little faith in the moment that they were going to erase the deficit. But if I, but they weren't, weren't they down 12 at that point? 11, whatever. They're moving. He's going towards the first down. Possibility of him getting it when he just fumbles. And it's just, it was so unlike him. And instead it gets returned for a touchdown. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we go, does anybody have any questions? If you're watching live on YouTube, I know a bunch of people are right now. If there's any questions, put them in the chat. Kent Garrison, our producer, will put them in there. Here's one. What do we have here from Jay? Let me Jay read Bush. it. Have to read it. Have to read it. With the weak NFC, do you think the Bears could sneak out an appearance in the playoffs considering their offense will be able to play better and Matt can coach a good defense up? Here's what I'll say. I think I, I I think I lean towards no. But where I think there's there's maybe some if there is let me let me frame it this way. If there is a path to the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears are in that in the hunt graphic to like at least Christmas. Well half the league kind of is. Well, especially because they're in the <laughs> NFC. Yes. Let's pull up the Chicago Bears schedule here. What I do think having an offense that, by the way, scored 29 points against one of the best defenses in the league the other day without Chase Claypool, what that can do for you is put you in a winning position 
certainly, I, I, I'll give you an example. Like I look at the Lions games differently now. I kind of assumed all season, as they're a team that's going to have to slug it out really no matter who they're playing in kind of these gritty, low-scoring games that they would lose one of the games they to the Lions. traded to their tight end. I know. Their first-round pick tight end to a team within their division. Right, so what I'm saying is... You I, don't I, do that. Those should the be, Lions being the Lions. <laughs> they, they should be favored in both of those games against Detroit now. I didn't even see did the line move at all in the Dolphins game in the last couple of days, or is it still four and a half? I haven't checked. I feel better about their chances about of beating teams like the Falcons, like the Jets, like the Packers. Part of that's a lot on what the Packers are. Do I think they can beat the Eagles? No. Do I think they can beat Buffalo? No. But one, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven other games. Can they go four and three in the other seven? I wouldn't rule it out, but by the way, that's four and five overall. That's not good enough. You know, and that gets you seven he, wins. He, here's a question off that for you. Are you ready to cover Bears games that turn into shootouts? Hell yeah, I am. How much more fun was that Cowboys game the other day than what we normally see? I'm not used to it. That's for darn sure. I think what the key is, is you can't have a defense that falls completely apart like we saw in 13 and 14 when the Bears did have a good offense, right? They, they did have a good offense under Trestman, a better offense. They could score points, but then the defense just completely fell apart. So I do think this will be a test for Eberflus and Allen Williams. You know, can the, the hits philosophy and the scheme and their style of play keep them put them back in the picture of only giving up 17 or 20 points a game. No, see my rapid reaction to that is there's just not enough talent. So you don't think they can like average 17 20 points they're allowed this the, season. They're not playing the Houston Texans every week. They're just not. No, but they and only you, gave up 14 to New England, 7 to Washington. They're not playing Bailey Zappi every week and Mac Jones either. The Patriots aren't a good team. Yeah. Do they win that game in Minnesota earlier if the offense is humming a little bit more? They go Maybe, up but, but Fields had a pretty good game that day, too. Do they beat the Giants? 20-12 to 12 was the score in that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's on the defense, too. You, know? you can't let Daniel Jones run naked bootlegs all day. Right, but I think we are going to see... Well, I guess what I'm getting at is you might see some of that but the offense might be able to outscore them. It's going to be interesting to watch. Another question, would you rather have made the Ridley trade? We talked about that earlier. Um, once I got the details that John's provided, thank you very much, with that... If you re-sign Ridley, that becomes a second? A second and a fifth-round pick? Well, then that's more than... If you in this trade, if you have to re-sign uh, Claypool, which hopefully you do re-sign Claypool, and we should re-emphasize the point that the Bears obviously saw value, should see value in having a younger young receiver playing with Justin Fields this season. This isn't just about 2023. This is about 2022 in getting development, gaining confidence, developing chemistry. So 2023 is better. System Chris, with this trade, what's the most likely position they're going to draft first round? Everything's on the table, Chris. Not everything, but I would say offense or defensive line. Talk about pure mirror positions. You need a pass rusher. Yes, they they badly need a left tackle. If they're drafting in the top Maybe. ten, don't you have to put pass rusher up there? Yes. I mean a hundred percent. Along with an offensive lineman. But they gotta get they gotta get that defensive line going. I feel like more? go ahead. I feel like finding dependable. You're certainly you can certainly go about patching up your O line with cheaper veteran O linemen in free agency. 
than you can finding an elite pass rusher. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go out and sign an elite pass rusher in free agency, and off the top of my head, I don't even know who's available coming up, but that's going to cost you a ton. Just like it would cost you a ton if you go out and get an elite left tackle. Well, we know that. The Bears traded for Cleo Mack, cost multiple first-round picks, and then they signed him to a record-setting contract. Yeah, you want to draft that guy. It's passers and then pass rushers, then come pass protectors. That's how you tier the positions. Pass catchers come after that. Everything deals with the pass. And I still think they probably should sign another wide receiver and draft another wide receiver somewhere in there. But maybe you can do that more on like the fourth round or the third round again. Okay, one more question from Johnny. Who is the Bears' number three receiver? Equinemius St. John. Oh, St. Brown or Nikhil Harry? Good job by Equinemius St. John. He's going to get the block. I think it doesn't matter. Well, here's why it does matter. Because whether you like St. Brown as a pass catcher or not, the dude has been vitally important in your outside zone running scheme. Yes, yes, with the run blocking. Now, one thing I loved on my rewatch of the game was Nikhil Harry was blocking his ass off. He laid the wood a couple times. Hey, now. So... He might get. That's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I do expect Harry's playing time to increase. I do too. I think they. I liked what I saw. And let's not forget that he's also a former first round pick. Did not play out well in New England. I'm not saying he's going to be some superstar here, but he could be a classic case of a change of scenery. Like where, where the benefits come from, the change of scenery, where he just may have not been a. A Bill Belichick, do your job type of guy. Yeah. Maybe he's a good old hits type of guy. It is interesting, though. Like, I mean, Harry's got to do a lot more before I believe in him. But that was a good start. That was a good start for him. And, um, you know, my grades on EQ have been pretty high all season because of what he's done blocking and when he has been asked to catch as a possession receiver, he can do it. But if you want him to go down field and make huge plays, that's not going to happen. So I think it'll be interesting to see what that rotation looks like. At least they have options. Also, Byron Pringle. What happens with him when he comes back? Where does he fit in all that? I don't even know, to be honest with you. Well, he was their slot receiver. Harry was in the slot a lot the other day. And isn't that where Claypool's mostly been lining up this year? Yeah. Now, partially, I think that has to do with all the options they have in Pittsburgh, which is way, you know, it's a much I different think you situation. See, gets you to do different things. I mean, obviously, you like those guys inside of the slot for, for blocking purposes. Yeah. But also, I mean, Claypool becomes an instant mismatch problem down the seam, over the middle. It's play action shots. I think the point, though, is shouldn't Mooney's numbers go up here? It looks a lot better than it did a few weeks ago, right? And, oh, by the way, the quarterback's playing a lot better, too. Heck, right. he's, not, he's not asked to block in some of those situations that he currently is. He's willing. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes you want the bigger receivers to do that. And you get that in St. Brown, Harry, and Claypool now. There's some three big receivers right there. I like this question from Levi. Did you guys get time to eat something today? LOL. I had Sloppy Joe's for dinner. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, So I was like just about to go upstairs and eat lunch. I had blocked out like an hour. You know, it was a nice day outside. I was like, degrees. I'm going to go get some lunch, sit outside for like an hour because I know things are about to get crazy. We had a three o'clock show scheduled and right as I was about to stand up, the freaking Claypool news came out. So I actually, you ever call your wife from inside your house? <laughs> yes. I am guilty of doing that and definitely texting. I'm like, the same I call her. I go, honey, the Bears just broke a trade. We're going live in 15 minutes. I haven't eaten anything today. Can you please just fix me something up and bring it down? I don't care what it is. And she did. She's awesome. She brought it to me. I literally ate it during our show. And, uh, and then I ate like a freshly meal. 
Oh yeah, I got a bunch of those in our. Uh, get a big delivery from their sponsor. I'm assuming Freshly is a sponsor of ours. Have not been told that, but when boxes of food show up at your door, you I'm like, okay, you just eat it. <laughs> we, so shout out to Freshly because they came in through in the clutch tonight. I had the uh, nice uh, lemon tahiti chicken meal. Is that good? Oh, it was great. Pop it in the microwave. Two minutes. Things ready. Tasted amazing. On a day I, like this. I had the pesto chicken the other day. Oh, there you go. I'll take it. Thank you, Freshly. Appreciate it. Um, all right. We need to get out of here. I still got to finish writing. Johnsy's got a bunch of stuff up. Fishbane's got a bunch of stuff up. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe. For members... CHGO members, you can get my newsletter tomorrow morning in your inbox. I'll have thoughts, more thoughts on the trades that were pulled off, what Ryan Poles had to say about it. You have to be a member. Go to allchgo.com. We appreciate the support. Obviousshirts.com. You know the one thing? Starting today, it is November 1st. What's really we do this every November is 22Q Awareness Month. It's November 1st. We've already raised over a thousand dollars. That is awesome. Thank you very much. And let's keep this going. Any merchandise bought in the Hogan Johns collection on obviousshirts.com this entire month, a portion goes to 22Q. So if you've been on the fence about buying something, now's the time to do it. Here's one of our Hogan Johns hats. We got the winter hats are up to hoodies. Everything you need is up there. need those soon, everybody. Like now. It's already hoodie season. Nice week obviousshirts.com. It's been a busy day. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening. Please rate and review the podcast. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the notifications so we know, so you know when we go live. Like, surprise, tonight, an episode for you. We do it from time to time. Thank you so much. What's next? Thursday, preview show. There's a game that's getting played this week. We'll talk to you then. See ya. Point is, uh, those are some numbers.